Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibster and the Ginger Podcast. Uh, we're Bibs- we are gingerless. I almost said we're Bibsterless. That would have been ridiculous because I'm talking. Um, again, we're continuing our YouTube series. As you've been seeing, this is like, I think, week three or four of that series or episode three or four. I can't count. Um, so we have another YouTube channel, and this one deals with two things I love, guns and guitars. It's in the name. So I want to introduce you. Come on and uh, kind of introduce yourself and kind of explain what your channel is and kind of what you got started with. We'll kind of go from there. Yeah, uh, my name is Dan Thompson, and um, I got started on YouTube about a year and a half ago. Uh, believe it or not, and this is the part of the story that's always really screwy, and and um, I don't know. I'll just I'll go ahead and start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I started on YouTube actually as a calling in my life from God. Believe it or not. Okay. So um, I I don't know if any of your listeners out there or you are people of faith, but uh, I actually used to work in full-time ministry and mm-hmm. uh, God was kind of calling me out of that ministry and didn't really give me any clear steps as to what was next. Um, and so just praying about it and listening, um, I just felt really strongly that uh, God kept telling me guns and guitars, which just sounds ridiculous, especially, <laughs> I mean, try to explain that to your wife. <laughs> hey, you know, Hey babe, uh, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing ministry. I think I'm supposed to be doing guns and guitars. It's like, what? It's, it's, it, I'm, 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 assu- I mean, yeah, I'm assuming the conversation was, oh, sure, God told you that. It wasn't the, <laughs> right. Yeah. I always tell people. He like, told me it to do ice cream and trampolines. Right? I was going to say, I'm like, I always <laughs> tell people, like, I'm like, sometimes it's God. Sometimes you're like, was that the burrito I had for lunch? I can't tell. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when, you, when you have that yeah. gut feeling, like, I don't know which one this is. So, okay, so it was, that's, that's so awesome. So it was one of those things that was like, you know, it, it made so much nonsense mm-hmm. that it almost made sense. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, how could I feel so strongly about this? How could I have mm-hmm. so much peace about this when it sounds so absolutely ridiculous? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I kept kept praying about it, kept asking God, you know, what do you have for me in this? What is what does this look like? And then I felt like he said, you know what? It starts with a YouTube channel. And that's probably the first time that it actually started making sense because uh, the ministry I was working in was I was doing um, stage production okay. for a uh, camp and conference center. So I was doing a lot of video work mm-hmm. and I, I do have a pretty good background in video, um, but also just in stage production. So um, sound engineering, light engineering, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, absolutely. I used to make my living as a bass player. So um, definitely have a history of music as well. So, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I was just watching these YouTube videos and I'm like, yeah, some of these people do it really good. Some of these people do it really terribly. I can do it a lot better than a lot <laughs> of these people. So, and then the gun side of it, I, I have no idea where that came from other than it's just something that I like. And mm-hmm. people always, people always ask me, what do guns and guitars have in common? It's like, they don't have anything in common. That's <laughs> kind of the whole point the, you know, it's like ice cream and trampolines. They have nothing in common and you know, they're just two things that I enjoy. So same thing with guns and guitars. Um, and God, the three, you know, they are pretty much mutually exclusive, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, so fast forward, um, ended up putting in my notice to the ministry that I was working in and didn't really have a whole lot lined up. I was doing some side gigs with a local production company, but kind of just, uh, started the YouTube channel and I had I don't know less than a thousand subscribers at that point. I'd only been doing it for, you know, a few months Yeah, and, um, And just kind of took that leap of faith. And right then is actually when it took off. So the month that I quit my job was the month that I had my first uh, uh, paycheck from Google AdSense. And because one of my videos picked up Mm -hmm. and got a lot of views and (laughs) it's the most it's the worst video on my channel, (laughs) Uh, which is I guess that always happens. And I've debated whether or not to take it down because I'm like, at this point, is that thing hurting me more than it's helping me? But it's still it's it's my video that's closest to a million views. I'm at over 900,000 views on it now. Ooh. And um, half the comments are negative comments because I was kind of <laughs> still discovering who I was as a YouTuber. Uh-huh. I tried out some ideas with some Snapchat filters and people started crying about it. And it was just this crazy mess. Um, which is probably how I ranked so well in Google search, honestly, because people were reacting to the video and yeah, that's true. Uh, YouTube and Google like when people have a reaction, whether it's positive or negative. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's still up there. If you guys want to watch it, it's called how to make a high end guitar out of a cheap eBay do it yourself kit. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how many views exactly, but it's getting close to a million and um, just thousands and thousands of comments, thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of thumbs ups, thousands and thousands of thumbs downs. You know, it's just it's uh, I don't know. It's crazy. So yeah. but that video took off um, and I got my first paycheck. And that was kind of for me, it was kind of a moral victory. That was kind of like God saying, hey, I got this. You know, you can trust that that 
we're you know that this is what you're mm-hmm. what I'm calling you to do, you know. Yeah. So um, at that point, I kind of just went all in. My wife went to go to a conference in Long Beach, and um, and she came back and she felt like God, you know, spoke to her like this is what you're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. then she was on the same page, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I was really able to kind of start giving it a lot more attention. I could kind of kind of um, kind of say goodbye to a lot of those side gigs that I was doing that was that was soaking up a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, so that I could focus more on this. And so just continued to kind of keep making the content. Um, and then I had a couple more videos pick up, uh, the following December, I made a video that eventually got taken down by YouTube. They didn't like it, but, um, it was called how to build your dream AR 15 for less than $450. What a surprise that got taken. down. I don't know. YouTube, I guess, doesn't (laughs) want people learning how to build weapons from kits or something. I don't know. Anyway, so that video was actually on its way to a million views. It was going to, uh, in two months, it got 800,000 views. So that was, that was, um, a huge win for my channel, but then also a huge, um, I don't know, kicking the teeth when they took it down and gave me a community guideline strike, even though I didn't at the time, I didn't, uh, actually disobey any community guideline rules. But what I didn't realize is there were some more community guideline rules that they were beginning to implement. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. when I had uploaded the video, it was totally fine. And when they took it down, it was actually still totally fine. But then two weeks later, they changed their, you know, user agreement community guidelines to where you could no longer upload videos on, uh, you know, weapon manufacturing or direct links to firearm sales, which I had both of those. So that made a little more sense. But, you know, obviously that that really hurt Mm -hmm. uh, when it first got taken down. because I was like, that was my best performing video. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so I don't. I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole. I don't remember exactly what your question was. I think I'm <laughs> it was supposed to be telling yeah, about just, myself. Yeah, just kind of how you got involved in YouTube, which is perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, that yeah. Whole... So I guess the bottom line is, I you know, people are probably listening to this. Go, gosh, this guy is a freaking nut. God blesses guns and guitars. No, that's not the takeaway. The takeaway is God blesses faith and action. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's been my biggest takeaway. Is God asked me to do something that sounded absolutely ridiculous. I stepped out in faith, and I feel like God is starting to bless it. And now I can, now I do this full time. I mean, it, it yeah. was, it was literally, I started my YouTube channel January 1st of 2017 and January 1st of 2018, I had 50,000 subscribers and it was my full-time job. Yeah. So that's, that was pretty cool watching God follow through in that. And that's awesome. Cause I mean, I mean, I've talked to a lot of the YouTubers and so that's not normally the trend in the first year of like being able to go full time. So it definitely shows you there's a blessing there. And, and you were talking about believers. I'm like, if, if you've heard any of the other bibs of the ginger podcast or folks, you just started to join us. Ginger and I are both youth leaders at our local church. So like we have discussed That's like awesome, going man. to camp and stuff. So it's actually funny. Cause you're, I don't think we'd really discussed that much beforehand. I was like, Oh yeah. I forget, Cause I, when I was first getting into your channel and, and as a, as a Christian, you sometimes you have this, like you watch a channel for a while and you're like, I think, they're not like dropping the f bomb every other word. There might be something here, <laughs> like or they're not, you know. And then, so like I was looking on your website for something, and I was like, there it is. <laughs> it's like I yeah. knew it. <laughs> so that was what, kind of one of the other reasons I wanted to have you on because I like to be able to focus on, you know, because sometimes in Christianity today, we get a lot of negative like context behind stuff. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like you blah 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 blah. And it's like, no, we're regular people. Like, you know, we just yeah. believe this. So yeah, that's. Before we go down that big rabbit hole, that's that's awesome, and it's really cool to see that you know, like you said, you quit your job, and then boom, you got your first like video that hit, and it shows you that being blessed by what you know, like by stepping out. Which again, that'd be a whole other like podcast series we could do on that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> on absolutely. like, oh, you take your step out. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how you got started on YouTube, and I didn't realize it was that you know, kind of a. Uh, I didn't. I yeah, never realized it's, it was it's, a calling. It would be easy, I think, to tell the story without that piece. But without that piece, uh, it, the story really doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's it's when people ask me, you know, about how my YouTube channel got started, to tell the story without that chunk, you kind of miss the whole story. And so. you're, you're taking away, like, as you're kind of taking away, like, God's side of it. Like, if you just say, "Hey, one day I decided to make a YouTube channel," the whole like, you know, it's kind of like discrediting what really happened. You know, I've, I've had stories in my Absolutely. life. And it, that, you like, know, it kind of also takes away, you know, credit from where credits do. Cause exactly. then it turns into a story about how awesome I am. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you hang out with me, you'll realize I'm really not very awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for no that. No worries. No worries. But yeah, I think that's awesome. So that's, 
that's really cool. So that's I mean that kind of explain kind of gets into the whole how you got into YouTube. How did you get? You're talking about you worked for uh, a camp and doing like uh, stage production and stuff. So how how did you start? We go if we back the train of life. How did you get started into music? Did you like pick up a guitar as a kid or a bass as a kid or yeah. did you? So th- yeah, that's a whole nother really long story. But um, <laughs> so music uh, for me started at a really young age. I just I, uh, we had a piano in our household, and so I obviously I showed some interest as most kids do, you know, just because it's fun to bang on the piano keys. Mm-hmm. So my parents got me started in piano lessons at four years old, um, which was uh, is awesome. I, it's I'm eternally grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that for for a while. I actually mm-hmm. took piano lessons all the way up through junior high and or even high school uh-huh. i think i continued uh-huh. doing um, piano lessons but the turning point for me for music was um actually in junior high okay and so up until that point i enjoyed it because it was as fun as one of those things that like not everyone can do and so like if i ever was at a friend's birthday party or something and they had a piano at their house like i could hop on and you know bang out a few tunes and and people were like, whoa, I didn't know you played piano. That's cool. You know, and obviously that feels good. But I was also very much into uh, sports and soccer and kickball and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I kind of had found in elementary school my identity more in that than in music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really enjoyed that and pursued that. Did, you know, Little League and all those little, you know, soccer clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to junior high was the turning point because that was when, you know, all the grade schools kind of funnel into the big three middle schools in my town or whatever. And then I realized, you know, I was actually a small fish in a big pond when it comes to sports. And I really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. And um, just I, I certainly wasn't good enough to to be special in that area. And so I was like, well, there goes my identity. You know, who am I? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I had also decided I wanted to take up bass because at the same time, uh, my brother decided to pick up electric guitar and my my older brother, you know, I super looked up to him and I wanted to do everything he did. But then I also couldn't do the exact same thing he did because I didn't want to be a copycat. So yes. I was like, what's like guitar, but not guitar bass. OK, I'll play bass, <laughs> you know. And so I picked that up. And um, two weeks after I took my bass home, I had my my first bass lesson. And then I I kid you not, that same day I got a call from um just a friend of mine who was like hey we're putting together a kids uh band at our church um for to play worship for mm-hmm. our first through fourth grade ministry mm-hmm. and i was like that's great you know and, and they're telling me who's in the band i was like oh you already have a piano player and they're like oh no we need you to play bass i was like i literally just got done with my first lesson mm-hmm. i was like i have no idea what i'm doing and they're like no nah, it's cool just just bring your bass and come and so i came and we rehearsed and it was disaster in our name we named our band after that rehearsal, the broken strings, because literally all of us broke a string during that rehearsal. Huh. That was how bad it was. Cause none of us knew how to play You're anyway. So, um, <laughs> but I, so two weeks after I got my bass, I was playing in a band and we were doing our, that ministry in our church and I was growing and our band was improving. And then we got promoted to the fifth and sixth grade ministry and then to the junior high ministry. And then we were playing for, junior high and high school ministry. And then I started getting asked to play for the the main service. And mm-hmm. this is all happening within, you know, a year or two. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I realized like, okay, here's the thing that I'm doing that that's helping me, you know, kind of stand out from, from the crowd. And yeah. so that was the turning point for me. And so I, I kind of just doubled down on that. I, at some point during high school, I, I quit piano lessons mm-hmm. um, and just focused entirely on bass and I was following my brother's footsteps. My brother graduated high school and went into mechanical engineering and mm-hmm. um, kind of music and mathematics kind of go hand in hand. So I was following his footsteps there. You know, again, I really looked up to my brother. I loved everything that he was doing. Um, and I was following his footsteps. He went to uh, Cal Poly to to do mechanical engineering. And I was right behind him and applying for colleges. And then all of a sudden kind of took a huge left turn when I felt like God was calling me to pursue music for a living. And I was like, okay, so I have to explain that to my parents. And so I explained that to my parents in my senior year, like, Hey, I know I applied to all these, you know, um, polytechnic schools, uh, but I also applied to Cal state and they have an excellent music program. And I think this is what I want to do. And they're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, that's still a really bad idea. And I was like, I know, but I need to do this. So I, again, kind of went out on a leap of faith and I did that. And so I just kind of grew, continued to grow in my music skills. I got my bachelor's degree in jazz and commercial bass performance from Cal State. 
and did a lot of networking, made my living as a musician for about, I don't know, eight or nine years in the Orange County, LA area. Hmm. And then um, I was also playing in a traveling touring uh, worship band that would uh, every summer we just kind of pick up and go on the road for a few months and just kind of travel around um, kind of the Southwestern United States and play at a bunch of different camps and conferences. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with like CIY or the California Christian youth convention okay, or yeah. um, stuff like that. So we did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then just a lot of, a lot of also really like small hole in the wall churches and, and, you know, dusty camps up in the mountains with, you know, you have to run an extension cord from the bathroom to run the stage kind of a you yes. Know, oh, yes. thing. And so every, everywhere in between, just kind of, kind of going to kind of live in the dream, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, just going on the road with your music and just, um, yeah, having fun, serving, doing that kind of stuff. That's so awesome. did that for a while. One of the camps that, uh, we frequented and kept coming back was a camp called UCYC in Prescott, Arizona. And, um, so they kept having us back year after year. We built really good, solid relationships with them. And then our band um, kind of was coming to an end in that the lead singer met who a woman that he wanted to marry actually at at that camp at UCYC. And she was a youth pastor from Tucson, Arizona. And so at the time, the three of us were crammed in a tiny little apartment in Orange County. And he was like, I'm moving to Tucson so I can marry this marry this chick. Mm-hmm. So we're not <laughs> we're not doing any more band stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, OK, so it was kind of a turning point for, for me. And then also uh, the drummer in our band at the time, we were um, the three of us were sharing the apartment and we're like, okay, are we going to stay in orange County or, and like keep doing the freelance music thing or, you know, what's next for us. And so um, that summer was our last summer kind of on tour. And lo and behold, we came back to UCYC again. And while we were there, they caught wind of kind of what was going on with our band and they offered me and uh, the drummer, jobs full-time jobs oh. at the camp to help with production because they basically they knew that when our camp or when our band came to camp um everything was better production wise because that was something we really valued as a band mm-hmm. is the experience for um people you know worshiping the experience for people um you know watching and listening to our music who may be at camp for the first time that may not know god but just are there for the show yeah um we we brought our own lighting rig and i would typically go back and run sound um just from playing from a wireless you know instrument setup yep, yep. and i'd go back and mix us before the show and then mm-hmm. just kind of set it so that you know it was really hard for whoever was mixing audio to screw it up um but you know when the show started so yeah um, we were doing a lot of that stuff where, you know, when we were there, it was just, it was just better. It was a better experience for everyone. So they're like, why don't you come on staff and help us, help us figure out that piece, you know? And they knew my, my background for video and, you know, aside from just music, but also from, you know, uh, video and lighting and, and audio engineering, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, they brought us on both full time and that was how I got started with that, um, ministry. Cool. So, yeah. And then from there on out, yeah, I worked in that ministry, I think, for uh, eight years oh, before wow. I felt like God was calling me on to the, to the next thing. And, the next. and it was cool. It's, it started with they were seeing um, a thousand, about a thousand kids per summer. And when I left, they were seeing, I want to say, 50 or 60,000. Jeez, that's so crazy. It, it grew to being a multi-campus. There's three different venues now, three different uh, camps, um, anywhere from for the program stuff anywhere from uh fourth grade all the way up through high school and oh, then cool. uh guest services stuff people that come in and run their own camps and stuff too so mm-hmm. crazy explosive growth and it was awesome that i kind of got to get in ground level and kind of help them kind of develop that yeah so and, and kind of see that change from kind of a smaller camp kind of more like probably like what kind of we we go to is about the size of our of our kind of local camp to a giant 56 that's crazy numbers i mean how big were so it was like there was like three separate camps happening each time because of the three different campuses absolutely yeah yep and it was it was complete chaos oh so so. and we we would hire in uh college kids to help um throughout the summer and yeah i think my first uh summer we hired in we called them summer staffers we Mm -hmm. hired in i think uh i don't know maybe 18 or 20 summer Mm -hmm. staffers and then the last summer that I left, there was 120 summer staffers. Jeez, <laughs> that's what, like this. what it took to, to run that. So yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like our camp is like, I think we had a hundred and I think we had like 160 kids, like not like, yeah. her, but I mean, we're a lot, 
our or our, our, like a single uh, denomination camp that we go to, but that's a different uh-huh. rabbit hole for all that fun. But um, yep. so that's kind of the whole. So like now we've gotten the music background that literally ties right into your YouTube background because you you finished the doing the camp job, going into the YouTube yep. thing. So when you started YouTube, was it you were doing good, like did you start off doing? I mean, because I kind of got into you watching the kit build stuff is when I kind of like found your channel and was like, oh, this is cool. Um, was yeah. that what you started so with? So I, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, God didn't give me anything more than just guns and guitars and YouTube, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what to do. So yeah. I, I started off, I really thought that my my channel was just going to be um, gear reviews. Yeah. And so I, I started out there and my first video was a gun review. And I actually thought that my, my um, the gun side of my channel was actually going to be what took off because comparing my first few, you know, my music videos versus my uh, gun videos, when I was first getting started, my gun videos were way outperforming um, my music videos. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that I was just going to be a gun and gear review channel. And um, then, like you said, the the kit building, that was the video that took off. And that's what I realized was the um, two things. One, there was a, there was a gap in YouTube there. Mm-hmm. There were there were lots of YouTube guitar luthiers that are showing you how to build high-end stuff with really expensive specialty equipment that nobody has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were people who were uh, just reviewing regular gear, you know, they're, you know, but there's nothing in between. There's nothing like a, you can build your own high-end guitar using stuff that you already have yeah. for way less than some, than buying a, a full custom guitar. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was realization. Number one, realization. Number two was something that I kind of always knew is if we, this always goes back to God. But um, if we look at uh, my spiritual gifts, my spiritual gift has always been teaching. It's one of the reasons why I was successful as a musician is because I could, I could teach lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I was so successful in my production team was that I had, you know, these summer staffers that knew absolutely nothing about stage production and I would take them and 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 grow them and raise them into learning how to be a part of a stage production, how mm-hmm. to run lights, how to run sound, that kind of stuff and teach teach them to kind of take ownership of things and stuff like that. That was where I I really grew as a leader. Um but really um I've always known that that teaching is kind of my my gig mm-hmm. as far as spiritual gifts go. And so it doesn't shock me at all that my gear reviews channel quickly turned into a DIY channel. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of where I, where I stand is like, um, I feel like, uh, the reason why my channel has seen such explosive growth is that, uh, I'm not only hitting a market that I think people haven't really hit well, but I'm also being very thorough in explaining how, how the average Joe can do this. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I get comments all the time, people that have been like, you've inspired me. And then they post a, a picture on my Facebook. That's like, Hey, I built this car. I built this guitar. I'm so proud of it. It plays like a dream. It sounds awesome. And it's, you know, only cost me $300. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that's it. That's yeah. So that gets me fired up more than anything. And so those are, those are my videos that perform the best. And I think that's cause that's, where you see my passion really coming out and where you see my gifting really coming out. Mm -hmm. So just, I mean, that was one thing that when I worked in stage production that kind of set me apart was, was figuring out how to take big quality production, but then also figure out how to do it on a small budget because at a small Christian camp with only a thousand people coming a year, um, you know, I started out with, with no budget and no, and no, no equipment to work with, you know? So I had to figure out how to, how to make a high quality experience for people with pretty much no, no money. And so I'm kind of transferring that skill to YouTube. You know, Mm -hmm. how do people build a high end guitar with very little money and very little experience? And I think that's great. Cause that's actually, now that I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, I think the actual first video I watched of yours was the making your own guitar tools, like like your own DIY guitar tools, like out of, so like, as I'm saying that I'm looking at that, my one lawn ruler that I have marked, but has never made it to the shop to get like the spots ground out for it, so I can use it to to check necks. Uh, to make, yeah, your uh, yeah, your my like uh, the three foot ruler. Not straight. That's what it's called. Yeah, not straight. I'm like literally looking at the one that I. And then if I look on the other side of the room, there's my uh, like my cheapo level that I have to to to, to level frets. That I've never done yet, but I have it. <laughs> and it's because that was actually the first one. I was I was doing. I kind of have like a collection of. I'm a sub. I would say I'm a subpar guitar player with subpar equipment. That instead of having like one nice thing, I just have like lots of sub 
sort of nice things, <laughs> but it always ends up being like, oh, I got to try and fix this. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna try and fix it myself. Cause if I like took this guitar and to get set up, like it probably costs more than this guitar's worth. So like, yeah, <laughs> I gotta, absolutely. I gotta fix this here. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got started on your channel. But I think that is really important because I mean, I've looked at, I haven't made the, tr- I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but like all, like on your, when you're, when you're doing your reviews and I love your setup when you do your kit reviews where you first, you just put them together. Like if, if you guys have, well, there'll be links in the description to the, to the YouTube channel. And I'll probably put a couple of the, the one videos that I like have either watched or the guitars that I really like in there. But you start off just putting the kit, like the kit together as it comes. No, you know, none of your fancy stuff yet. And that uh-huh. gives you like, and I love that because it gives you the out of the box experience that it's kind of like, and you're showing like, Oh, this is what's messed up with it. This is what you're trying to fix because you know when you buy a kit, especially like some of the like the like the cheaper kits, like this is gonna be kind of rough. You know, it's not perfect. And I think some people think when they buy like, oh, I bought this like eighty dollar kit on eBay, it's gonna be mint. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's it's a base. Like <laughs> you're buying yourself a neck and a body, probably all you're gonna use of it. Like if you know, if if that. And then I yeah. love your when you what you like you know a few weeks after or sometimes a couple months after your first review will be the like full blown you know your modifications which I love your like electronic hacks how did you always were you always doing that on your own stuff or was that just kind of yeah. build from the I kind of got into the electronic stuff when I was working in production again okay. trying to figure out how to do high end production on a, on a low end budget I did mm-hmm. a whole lot of wire hackery wire hackery i totally just made up a word um wire hacking just random things um taking apart like uh just figuring out okay i have a fog machine how can i set this up so i can control it from the back of the room when it's going to be at the front of the room on the Mm -hmm. stage you know stuff like that where it's like okay yeah i could get a fog machine that's meant to be controlled by a lighting controller but i don't have the budget for that and i already have this fog machine how do i make that happen you know Mm -hmm. so then i take it apart i figure out how it works i figure out how to you know that kind of stuff. And then also, you know, we bought some moving lights and they were really cheap and they were constantly needing repair. And so I was always taking those apart mm-hmm. and resoldering connections and stuff and mm-hmm. um, replacing the motherboards and things. Um, and so that's ha- kind of how I got into uh, electronics. And I, I do have a little bit of um, background in IT. Mm-hmm. So um, it's actually one of the things that I did for the camp when I first uh, moved there is because like, the camp, you know, like I was saying, didn't have a whole lot of budget, didn't have a whole lot of money coming in. So to hire two full-time guys just to do production didn't make sense. So they had us doing some other jobs. And, and one of the jobs that I fell into was IT. So mm-hmm. I was I was constantly fixing people's computers and stuff like that, which I didn't have a whole lot of background in at the time. But it's kind of on-the-job experience. So yeah. kind of just um, learned how to fix electronic stuff uh, kind of from the inside out in that re- in that regard. So when I got into guitar building and I realized that there were, you know, I, I was always fascinated by guitars that have a bunch of different like switches and stuff on them. Like Mm -hmm. whether, you know, like, um, back when I was making my living as a musician in orange County, I gigged with a lot of people that would, that were playing like, uh, James Tyler guitars. And I just thought those were the coolest, you know, strats or super strats, whatever you want to call them. They always Mm -hmm. had like all these extra knobs and switches on them that I'm like, I don't even know what they do, but they're cool. Yeah. And so, and most of them were just like mid boost preamps and things like that. But I've always, I just love the look of guitars when they have a couple extra switches and just makes them look like they're, I don't know, either from the future, but not really from the future, kind of from like a, like sixties sci-fi movie future, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) which I think is just kind of adds to, you know, the, the classic vibe. And so just learning what those switches did, and how to wire them was kind of, it just, I was kind of naturally drawn to it. So just reading up on it, you know, I, like I said, from my IT background, I learned how to read a wire di- wiring diagram. I learned how double pull, double throw switches work and stuff like that. And so then being able to just follow what, nothing I'm doing is, is like groundbreaking new. I'm just doing what other people have done. I'm just explaining it in a way that the average person I think can comprehend a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm just taking a wiring diagram that somebody else posted online and copying it and it works. And then I explain how to do it through a video. So that's kind of how, how that, how I got into that. But, um, I just love the idea. I'm so much a minimalist when it comes to gear, which is, I think not normal for the average musician. I think people, you know, they get on these gear trips where they just want, you know, they're in this constant quest to find, 
um, the best combination of pedals and daisy chains and things like that to get the tone they're after. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of a set it and forget it kind of guy. When I play, I play with delay and volume pretty much exclusively, mm-hmm. maybe reverb. And, um, and then everything else is just, I just set my amp. And then if I want to change my tone, I like to use the knobs and switch switches on my guitar. So that's kind of why I got into that side of it. But also, I mean, when you're building a custom guitar and it's your dream guitar, then that's half the fun is just putting what you want inside of it. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I love the wiring hacks because they're pretty much free. You know, they, you know, switches don't cost a whole lot of money and Mm -hmm. you don't even need to use switches. You can just take apart your guitar and resolder it every time you want to change your, you know, configurations or whatever. But, um, the switches are a way to do it on the fly and you know, they cost only a few bucks and they add so much versatility. And so when I'm building my dream guitar, I like to add those things in because I think it's, I just think it's so much fun. Yeah. And I think it's, it gives you, I like your point about like, instead of having a full, having a bunch of pedals that you're always trying to dance around, just being like, Oh, if I put this other switch in here that I can just reach down and go click, it can give me the same tonal changes that sometimes guys try and get from, getting on on the pedal course as you say about that i'm like looking at my pedal board like oh hey yeah i was literally before we got before we got in the conversation today i was like debating on switching some stuff out on it and i'm like yep (laughs) that would that would be me like well i think now i'm pretty much set in what i have mostly because i think my my uh, gear budget for the year is fully run out so (laughs) it's one of those like i kind of got i did some changes at the beginning of the year and i mean it's nothing fancy but I'm basically like between my wife and I, like there's no more gear coming in the house. <laughs> not for, not unless gear exits the house. And I, I don't like that happening. Um, so <laughs> we're talking about, you know, your, your hacks and stuff. I love like we, we, when we were in our conversation before the, before the recording, I jokingly told you, you need to sell that blue guitar because otherwise I'm going to get a loan for it. that thing is gorgeous. Talk to me about your last, is that your last custom build or is that, is that, is that still available? Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my latest one, and I'm pretty proud of it. It's a it's a Moserite style guitar, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't even know much about Moserite before I got that guitar kit. I literally just got that guitar kit because I was like, "That looks funky." I think that's I think I'm gonna have fun building that up. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of and it was funny. I was pronouncing that Moserite and just got reamed for it in my <laughs> kit review, which is awesome. I love when people chime in and correct me. I just, I just think it's hilarious. I think uh, that's part of being a YouTuber is you kind of got to have thick skin mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but for me i just i call it my evening's worth of entertainment like i just go down and read what people are saying <laughs> about my videos and making fun of me and stuff and i i'll chime in and make fun of myself i think it's great so yeah um but it's funny because my wife like reads through my comments and she's like man if i was a youtuber i would cry like <laughs> like yeah well i just i'm just gonna call it entertainment anyway yeah. so i didn't know a whole lot about mo's rights and so i was even pronouncing it incorrectly and um Let's see. The inspiration for that build, I originally was going to go after. I, I didn't realize this, but uh, Moserite was a, the guitar that Johnny Ramone played in the Ramones mm-hmm. and was kind of, while it wasn't what the guitar was specifically designed for, he kind of made it into a um, punk rock guitar. Mm-hmm. So I kind of head that direction, but I'm not super into punk. Um, and so I kind of lost the desire to complete the build after I did the kit, kit review. And it actually just hung on my wall for a long time. I mean, I reviewed that kit back in, I don't know, maybe February or March or April or some, mm-hmm. sometime around then. Yeah. And so it's kind of sat for, you know, close to six months. And then people are always like chiming in. When are you going to finish that build? When are you going to finish that build? And I was like, fine, I'll just do it. And so <laughs> then I was like, okay, what can I do to make myself excited about it? And then I started looking through um, kind of the more, like the less Johnny Ramone punk rock version of a Moserite and more in the classic Moserite Ventures models. And I was like, oh, these guitars are really cool. They were really high-end guitars. Yeah. And so I kind of did some research on it. I was like, you know what? I know I told everyone I was going to build a Johnny Ramone replica, but I'm just not because I'm just, that's just so boring. Mm -hmm. So then I I turned it into this other thing and I'm very proud of how it turned out. And I would not be selling it except for, I have a rule where I can only hold on to one of my guitars at a time. Um, So I have to sell the other ones in order for my business to be a business because whenever I build a guitar, I build it as though I'm building it for me. I'm building it as though it's going to be my dream guitar. So I pour my heart and soul into it. Um, and when I'm done with it, I don't want to get rid of it. So <laughs> it's really hard. So, but that one is listed for sale because I have a jazz master that I like, uh, equally as much maybe, uh-huh. um, that I have, that I have more plans to do more videos with. So, okay. 
So that's, that's the reason cool. why the Moserite is for sale and not the Jazzmaster. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd probably list the Jazzmaster for sale just because I've played it for longer and mm-hmm. the, I'm kind of in the honeymoon phase of my Moserite and I don't want to let go of it. Yeah. Um, but I have to in order for my business. You know, people people look at YouTube channels and they think the only way to make money on YouTube is through AdSense, through being a YouTube partner, mm-hmm. through the you know the skippable video ads or whatever. That, you know how people interact with it. You get paid a commission. That's what Google AdSense does for a YouTube channel. Um, and you can get invited to that YouTube partner program once you pass, I think, a thousand subscribers and have a certain amount of watch time on your channel. But that's not the only way that you can monetize your videos. Um, okay. One of the ways, the biggest way, the best way to make money on YouTube is to sell your own products. And so yep. that's the way I'm able to make a living doing this is by selling the guitars that I build, um, as well as merchandise and affiliate links. There's, you know, there's a lot of different ways. So you kind of have to spread out your income across multiple avenues. Because it's so inconsistent, you know, I can sell three guitars one month and zero the next month, or YouTube can change its uh, AdSense policies and demonetize my channel and I'd be out all of that ad ad revenue or, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, do things like uh, it did with my AR-15 video that was earning me a good amount of money. And then they're just like, nope, you can't have that video. And then all of a sudden I was out that revenue yeah so you kind of got to spread it apart it's inconsistent but the more you spread it out your your revenue sources uh the more consistent it becomes so well, on that guitar so that actually answers the one question i ask you dream guitar so when you build a kit guitar basically you build every kit guitar like your dream now do you do like do you ever have people like approach you and say hey could you make me this guitar absolutely okay. yeah um that actually started last fall so okay. a year ago I got my first commission to do a custom build for someone mm-hmm. and um, I did it and I was super proud of it and I didn't want to sell it except for I had to because it was custom <laughs> built for someone else. So, and it was also, it was a left-handed instrument and that while I'm left-handed myself, I actually trained myself to play right-handed mm-hmm. because in my opinion, in guitar playing, there's, there's right-handed and there's wrong-handed because uh-huh. when it comes to playing guitar left-handed, if you're at a buddy's house and you want to jam out and he's got an extra guitar, what are the chances it's going to be left-handed? Very like, rare. No. That's yeah. Very, very slim. And then, so then you pay extra to get a left-handed instrument. And then when you go to sell it, you can't sell it for what you bought it for because nobody wants a left-handed instrument. So yeah. anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Oh, no, it's fine. Anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, as a right-handed guy, I completely, I mean like we're, I'm lucky in that sense, but I think uh, Ryan Burke put a video out where he on 60 cycle home about basically, cause he's left-handed and saying like, there's no difference. Like there shouldn't be right-handed and left-handed guitars because you use both hands anyway. Like just yes. learn this way because it's easier, <laughs> you know, like, yep. And like, there's no such thing as a left-handed piano. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then if you think about it, so to all my left-handed people out there, did you learn to cut with left-handed scissors? No, you learn to cut with right-handed scissors like the rest of the world, because when you're in school, they have right-handed scissors. When you're at a friend's house, they have right-handed scissors. So <laughs> if you go to cut something and your friend hands you a, a right-handed pair of scissors, you're not going to be like, oh, sorry, I'm left-handed. I can't use it. <laughs> I can't. Right? I can't use No. This. So it's the same thing like golfing. I learned to golf right-handed. Yes, you can buy left-handed golf clubs, but that just makes no sense. If I'm at a friend's house in a different state visiting and they're like, hey, let's go play a game of golf. I have an extra set of clubs or you can borrow a set of clubs from my friends they're not going to be left-handed, right? So I I believe anything that you can do left or right-handed, just learn to do right-handed. Yeah. So, and I think even playing guitar makes a lot more sense. And this is the last, last bit that I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. But um, (laughs) when you're playing guitar, think about which hand requires the most dexterity. It's the left hand. It's the left hand. It's the one on the fingerboard, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think left-handed people that learn to play guitar right-handed actually have a leg up on the competition. Uh-huh. Personally, that's that's so, a very true point. That's that's uh. Anyway, yeah. okay, so back to <laughs> custom builds. Yes. yes, so I got my first commission to do a custom build through the YouTube channel. At the time, uh, my my channel wasn't generating a whole lot of income, so I was like, "Heck yeah, I'll do a custom build." And so I went ahead and did it. Um, I I used it as an opportunity to buy buy a kit and review it on my channel, and then I built it up and shipped it off. And, mm-hmm. Um, then a couple more came in kind of that winter and, and now I have people hitting me up all the time for, it. I actually have a wait list of 15 people right now nice. that want, that want custom builds. And I do not know when I'm going to have time to do it because <laughs> right now I also have, um, about, I think nine or 10 guitar kits that were sent to me for review Ooh. just for my channel. Not Yay. including, not, I haven't even <laughs> placed orders yet for the, the kits that I'll be doing these custom builds for. So I have a stack of kits that I, I need to build just for my channel before I can even get started 
on these custom builds. So when I'm, when people ask me, Hey, what's our time frame? I'm like, firstly, no, I can't give you a time frame because the last person I gave a time frame to, I told him I'd have his guitar built in four to six weeks and it ended up taking six months. Um, and then secondly, it's like, I'm, it's going to be months before I even get started on this list. And then you're number seven on the list. And so I'm, I'm telling people like next year before I even get started. Yeah. So. Which if you're getting a custom guitar like that, it shouldn't be like, Hey, can you make me this custom guitar? I want it tomorrow. You know, it's usually yeah. people's not their, fr- it's not their first instrument when they're like, I want a custom guitar, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's another yeah. one. They, on the list, they, so. they totally understand that. Yeah, and they're totally good. patient They're They just like, they've just seen what I do on YouTube and oh, they yeah. like it and they want to be kind of a part of that experience. And, and, and it, I think at this point it's not even like, Hey, I'm going to have Dan do it. Cause he'll do it for cheaper than, than the next custom builder. I think at this point I'm finally kind of starting to earn a, a reputation for, um, the style that oh, I yeah. do. I was about, I was so, about to say, I was like, your style is really, I love the, I look like the finished style you do. It's kind of like hard to describe because it's use like dyes instead of like paint and var. So I mean like, but yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat. Like it wouldn't be because like, oh, I could have Dan build me a custom guitar for cheaper than the next guy. It's because that's a Dan Thompson style guitar. And I definitely think you are developing a, a following and a style that's unique to you, which in the, in the world of custom guitar building nowadays is pretty rare. You know, a lot of people make custom guitars that look just like your standard guitars just have like a little bit different shaped headstock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, well, thanks man. I appreciate that. That, that makes, that is affirming. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I like, I've always, when I've thought about if I'm, I mean, not to copy your style, but if I was going to get a kit guitar, I would do it to finish in that kind of a style just because I like that. Versus, you know, like 14 inches of, of poly and then, you know, 13 inches of, <laughs> yes. of lacquer, which is fine. I mean, I love my shiny ones, but in the reality, I like a dull, I kind of like the duller finish that looks, doesn't look like it got relic by getting drunk behind by, by a golf cart, but just has that worn yeah. finish that like is really kind of, it looks really good to me. Like in the world of relicking versus unrelicking, that kind of gets out of that argument because it's not really relic. It's just kind of has a, it looks like it's been played really not yes. just like, Oh, I didn't, I like took a hammer and bashed this thing up, which I, I, I mean, I'm on the camp of like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I actually, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Cause there is a, a, actually a deliberate reason. It's very intentional. The reason why I make the finishes the way I do on my mm-hmm. guitars. And I know this wasn't one of the questions for the podcast today, oh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go down this hole because I, yes, it's, yes. it's something that's actually very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Um, and it, it, I'm telling you, it all comes back to God mm-hmm. as people it's very easy for us to want to dress up how we look on the outside Mm. to other people. And so I think Christians especially are really terrible at this. And I don't mean necessarily like, you know, women piling on layers and layers of makeup and guys spending, you know, tons of money on designer clothes so they can look like rock stars and stuff like that. But I think it goes even deeper to the point where like in our churches and, and people, they just want to look like they have it all together on the outside. They want to look like, their marriage isn't hanging on by a thread. They want to look like, mm-hmm. you know, their, their kids are not getting in trouble at school. They, they want to have these like perfectly polished lives to people on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's so not true. Like as, as just people in general, um, we're not perfect and we shouldn't pretend to be. And especially Christians, I think even more so, you know, it's, it, you know, the Bible doesn't say fix yourself first and then come, you know, the Bible says yep. come as you are. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's even a more important, I think, ministry to show the world like, Hey, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I have Christ. And yeah, marriage is hard. <laughs> you know, like, Amen to that. this is, it's not easy, you know? Yeah. And so I think, I think it, it, it opens, opens people up to be like, Oh, I'm not the only person struggling with this. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many Christians get on the soapbox and be like, you need to flee from lust and sexual immorality. And it's like, okay, but I know that like, does that mean that you're not suffering or you're not struggling with that? Cause if you're not struggling with that, like, then like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I, I, 
I didn't really think about how I wanted to word this today, but um, the whole reason, so going back to guitars, the whole reason why my guitars, I say that they're a relic style finish, but they're not a relic style finish. They are because a a true relic is a guitar that was built a long time ago and has gotten beat up over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So mine are never perfect to begin with. And so I just don't take the time to sand out every, um, every tiny little blemish to make a beautiful looking guitar. Cause to me, having a guitar that looks absolutely beautiful has absolutely zero function. Yes. Okay. I am way more concerned about the sound the guitar makes and how well it plays than I am about how it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, um, I, you can buy an $80 a moon electric guitar that has a finish. You know, it's got a super high gloss. It's got a flame maple veneer. It just mm-hmm. looks absolutely gorgeous, but it sounds and plays like junk. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is such a testimony to our lives as Christians. People work so hard to look so good on the outside, but they freaking sound and play like junk. Their lives are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when life shakes us, the real stuff comes out. And then you realize, like, what was all that for? Why did I spend so much time polishing the outside of my life when inside I'm falling apart. Mm -hmm. And so I want my guitars to be a representation of, Hey, we don't have to have it all together. We need to focus on making a beautiful sound Mm -hmm. together. We need to focus on encouraging each other, lifting each other Mm -hmm. up and showing, you know, life is hard and we're not perfect and we make mistakes. Um, But it's, it's far more important to have a, a good function as a person than it is to look good as a person. And so that, uh, that for me, you know, my, my relic finishes, they're not relic finishes, you know, they don't look worn out. They look like I didn't take the time to do a pre-treatment for my stain. So they come out blotchy, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't look like they have wear and tear from somebody strumming too hard with a pick. They look like they've got tool marks that I didn't bother to sand all the way out, you know? Mm So there, there is a, a difference between my finish and a typical relic finish. And my, my finish is just that, you know, come as you are, you know, you yeah. came from your, you came as a kit from a factory with a bunch of marks in it. And I could spend hours and hours sanding out those marks and making you look perfect, but it doesn't make you sound any better. Mm-hmm. So, that's a really, so for me, uh, that's... and not to mention the fact that I just hate sanding. So I'll just go ahead and go <laughs> in there too. Like, they're like, but um, there's that, oh, I, saw, I hate sanding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there, there's that too. But, um, I think there's a, a million other people out there that are trying to make beautiful guitars and I'm just not interested in that. I think that's, um, I, I think my guitars can be a direct correlation to how we should be living our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, I mean, that was, that's crazy, because, I mean, I never, like, realized, like, that was the vacuum, but it makes so much sense. You know, it's like, I mean, you could, we could go on a whole episode about, like, you look, you know, like, that, that I love your analogy of $80 guitar that looks beautiful, but the inside sounds like garbage, and it's, you know, as, as, as humans, our basic lives, and if you look at, like, the, how the social media trends are, we have an Absolutely. outside that's polished and beautiful, but we never want to let people on the inside, and, man, that's... Man, I could write a whole. We could do a whole sermon series on that right now. How how, how <laughs> guitars are worn guitars, and that's. I mean, it's that's that's just crazy. I mean, like, we didn't really kind of. We had kind of came out of nowhere, but yeah, that's that's really good. Like I'm just kidding, like in my head, I'm just like flowing through. Like man, that makes so much sense. Um, so that's kind of why you do that worn finish. And like I said, I love I love how it looks. And now that with that kind of, you know, with the big picture item, now it's like I'm gonna look at those even different now because I'm like, wow, that's a really good way to put it. I want to go. I want to go. I'm going to go like scratch all my guitars up now. Like you're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like get that poly finish off that. <laughs> but, but yeah. So what? Um, I mean, obviously, kind of, we're talking like you know, you're doing like you have the 15 kits coming up and all this. What's your next? I mean, is your step with this channel and this like really ministry that you're doing through the channel? Is that just kind of is it kind of happening naturally? Like as you're building, or like what's the next? If you could step back and say like, where do I want to take this in five years? Where where, where would you want to go with it? Um, you know, that's, it's a really difficult question to answer because Mm -hmm. it could go in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if there's one thing that I've learned through all this, it's that, um, I just need to be open and receptive to what I feel like God is calling me to do. Number one. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know if, if this channel is just going to be continue to be what it is and he's going to call me to something else next. And I might just leave it entirely to go do that. Or, um, I, I think if we're asking the question from my perspective, yeah. if it were up to me, mm-hmm. uh, where would I take this channel? Um, I 
I honestly love what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. so I would, I would just kind of double down on that. I would keep doing these builds, mm -hmm. um, keep, keep trying to just hit that niche market of teaching people how to make these things in their basement, in their bedroom. If, mm -hmm. you know, if they don't have a workshop, how to do it on their, um, you know, patio table, like, mm -hmm. um, just using stuff that they have to make these, these, um, cool guitars i'm actually I have, I have a collaboration in progress with a guy in australia who he sent me a guitar body that he built out of reclaimed wood um just Ooh. and like at the time like he was kind of like moving from house to house so he didn't have like a workshop and he's just throwing this thing together and he's got less than i think you know 30 dollars in this guitar body huh. um and i'm just like that is awesome that is something that my viewers need to see mm -hmm. and so um, kind of just, I want to keep going down that road. I also want to do more gun videos and this is, uh, purely for my own amusement, honestly. Uh, cause my gun videos do not earn me any money. They do not earn me yep. any views or watch time on YouTube. And it's funny because I'll post a gun video and I'll get an initial, an initial positive response from, um, my some of my viewers you know and then you know the non-gun enthusiasts start chiming in because youtube doesn't really know what to do with my gun videos because they think that i'm a guitar channel which is fine because 90 percent of my content is guitars related so when my video comes out they pitch my gun videos to all these guitarists and they're like i don't want to see this why is this in my feed you know? <laughs> yeah it's true. um and then so it kind of takes it takes them a while to figure out who to start showing it to so i get it so i get a positive view from my more dedicated viewers mm -hmm. Then the negative comments start um, flowing in from from people who are like, guns are stupid, you know. And yeah. then, uh, you know, maybe a month or so later, that video will start surfacing to the right people. They realize, hey, the kind of person that's watching this is the kind of person that's watching gun videos. So then they start seeing, I start seeing the comments from people who are like, oh, that was a good review, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Here's a few things. And then the mall ninjas start chop, chiming in. So then we got, you know, our scuba ninjas that know everything about guns. And then, and then I start getting negative feedback from them as well. So it's very obvious to me that, that, um, gun vlogging is probably not going to ever be a source of income for me. And it's definitely not a source of affirmation or positive feedback. <laughs> it's something that I do purely out of my own desire. I just, I love, I just have fun yeah going and shooting and so um it's i think it's been cool because it's i think it's helped grow my channel faster in that i get a lot of people that are like guns and guitars my two favorite things instant subscribe i didn't even watch your video yet you know yeah. um i probably have close to as many that are like oh i like the guitars but i don't like the guns so see you later you know yeah um but it it has helped me develop a niche audience but i want to i want to do more gun videos because i think that's an interesting um I don't know, opportunity, I guess, to kind of be a light in a dark place. Yeah. Cause there's so that's, that's very true. There's not many in the, especially now with what YouTube has kind of changed their way. They deal with gun videos. Like you said, they don't really know what to do. There's not many people that are like either a, like putting a positive spin on guns and not just looking like, cause some people put positive spins on guns on YouTube, but they look like a lunatic and you're like, uh, -huh. uh, uh, that's, that probably is scary. And so like to put, uh, have a positive attitude about it. Like I said, your last video that just came out was, uh, you were reviewing, oh, I can't remember the name of the gun. I was just literally watching it like right before we started. I forgot already. Um, <laughs> I should know this. That's bad. Yeah. But, um, it, you could just tell like you were having a fun time out shooting, you know, it was like, Oh, Hey, I get to review this gun and check this out. But Hey, I also get to go, you know, put some, put some lead downfield. So this is fun. So yeah. There's... And that's kind of the direction that I want to go with that. So if we're talking future minded, mm -hmm. I think there are so many gun vloggers out there that are just too cool for school. Yeah. And so they're just like, this is, this gun has, gives you the tactical advantage, blah, blah, blah. And like, like, here's five ways that you can kill someone with this gun. It's like, okay, I have guns, but I'm not a gun nut. I don't plan on ever killing anybody with my guns. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I, God's honestly done a lot of work in my heart, um, about guns since I've started this YouTube channel, just in that, like, I'm not sure, like I have a concealed weapons permit, but I don't carry because I'm not sure that that's necessarily something that God wants me to do. Yeah. But from a purely recreational standpoint, like I really enjoy just getting out and shooting, you know, mm -hmm. for me, it's a sport and it's recreation yep. and I enjoy it. And so 
that's where I want to take my gun videos is I just want to, I just want to have fun and I just want to bring people along on this. I just want to tell the story and bring people into the fun, bring people in on the fun. That's what yes. I want to do. Bring people in on the fun. So, so that's kind of the direction I want. So I want to do more than that. I have a, I brokered a cool deal with JNG sales, which is a local online uh, firearms um, dealer. And I've done some video work for, for them that they really liked and they kind of want to keep me around for that. So, but basically they've, they've offered me any firearm that they carry that I can review. And if I want to keep it, I can keep it at a, at a discounted price. So just go ahead and give you guys full disclosure. If I want to keep it, I do get to keep it at a discount or I can give it back to them if I don't want to keep it and they'll just sell it used. So really sweet deal. Probably the best deal I could ever ask for as a gun vlogger to have access to pretty much any firearm to review. So, um, I want to can I want to continue that relationship with them, and so I want to keep I want and just like guitars, like guitars, I am on a quest to find the best tone on a budget. I'm on mm-hmm. a quest to try out every piece of gear that I think people will find value in, mm-hmm. so that I can I can say, hey, this one's worth it, or this one's not worth it. And so, same thing for firearms. You know, I'm just on a quest to. Uh, my quest is has changed a little bit. Um, it used to be, I want to have the best, you know, uh, I want my safe full of guns that are going to be the best, give me the best tactical advantage in the zombie apocalypse. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to now it's like, okay, I just want to find the guns that are the most fun to get out and shoot. And mm-hmm. somebody commented on my last gun video. Cause I asked him, you know, Hey, should I keep this gun or, or, or should I keep this other gun that I reviewed? I'm going to have to decide. Cause you know, they're not free. I do get them discounted, but they're not free. Yeah. So I, I could easily go broke trying to do these these gun reviews. Um, so I have to decide. And somebody commented, keep the one that puts the biggest smile on your face. Hmm. And I was like, man, there is so much wisdom in that comment yeah. right there. So yeah. I hope that person's listening to this podcast. They're probably not. But if they are, hey. uh, thank you for that comment. Because that that just made too much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the guns in my safe to be the guns that put the biggest smile on my face. And then I want to share that with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants to get into the sport of target shooting, that they know kind of where, where to start. Yeah. And so. where to get, cause I mean, a lot of times, like you said, there's not many people, especially on the budget side of guns, things like a lot of the other gun videos out there are like the most expensive, like, well, this gun here is like $3,000. Like, okay. Yeah. That's accessible to me. Like, let me just, yeah. you know, let me pull out, you know, daddy Warbucks here. Okay. You know, like I like the reviews of stuff that's affordable because that's what I could get into. Especially if you're just starting off, you know, if you're just getting into guns and that's something too, Absolutely. like nowadays, there's not a lot. I mean, there's stuff out there, but like, if you are, I've never owned a gun before and I want to get involved. It's very important to have that education out there because, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can go both ways there. You can either find stuff that's like, you should never have one, or you should find stuff that like, you should own an entire arsenal in your basement because the government's going to come and get, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. calm <laughs> yeah. yourself. Like you want, you want, you want to try it out. Here's how to start. Like, here's, you know, do this, do that. But Dan, yep. and uh, one, one thing that I'm realizing is mm-hmm. that the guns audience and the guitar audience really have a lot more in common than they realize mm-hmm. because there are, there are the snobs, you know, I call them the mall ninja scuba ninjas whatever that it's like when i built when i made that video that that was borderline going viral about building an ar-15 half the comments were like cool i didn't know i could do this but the other half were like this gun is a piece of junk and like just like they just reamed me about how awful this was how i was such a terrible youtuber for posting (laughs) this and how that gun you know is not something you want to you know leave for protecting your life, which I literally said in the video that you shouldn't have a gun like this. You know, you shouldn't use a gun like this to protect your life, you know, yeah. it's purely recreational, but yeah. they didn't make it that far in the video apparently. And so they're, they're just like going to town on like how this piece of crap. And then they, you know, they tell me that, you know, bare minimum, you need to be spending, you know, 1500, $2,000 on building your, you know, if it's going to be worth anything. And then on the flip side of that, I get the exact same comments from guitarists. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> I build, you know, how to build your dream Moserite for $400 or whatever. I don't remember exactly what I um, titled that video or how I don't even remember how much money I have invested in it. But yeah, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to do this, you know. But then I also get a lot of people that are like, you butchered that guitar. That thing is worthless now, you know. And it's like, okay, come on, guys. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that I want to foster on my channel is just a community of love and mm-hmm. encouragement. Yeah. In a in two um almost contrasting um 
areas, you know, guns and guitars, but also like if we can come together as a community and love and encourage each other and kind of put like, like lay waste to, you know, the snobs um, really. And it's actually been kind of cool because I actually am realizing that more and more of my subscribers are starting to have my back on this kind of stuff mm-hmm. where if somebody like posts something, but they've got like nothing to back it, they'll like jump in and be like, Dan doesn't deserve that. Or, you know, or yeah, be cool. like, yeah, really prove it, you know, blah, 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 which is kind of fun. I like mm-hmm. watching them kind of yeah. jump in, jump kind in. Have your back there. on it. Versus just yeah. being like, oh, hey, so, someone's beating up on him. Let's kick him cool. too. <laughs> yeah, and it's encouraging to me that I'm like, okay, I am fostering that growth. You know, I yeah. want I want people to see like that the whole, I mean, this whole world is all about loving people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what Jesus teaches us to do. It's like all we're supposed to do in this life is love people. And so if I can do that through guns and guitars, that is that would just be the icing on the cake. That's that's the number one, I think, ministry opportunity here mm-hmm. for me is just loving on people, even when, you know, loving the unlovable, <laughs> loving yeah. the people that, you know, the trolls that are there just to get a reaction out of you yeah. to, to come back to them and be like, you know, I'm going to pray for you. I don't know what's got you so upset right now, yeah. but um, I don't know why you're so mad at a video right that now, you so. don't have to watch. <laughs> That's what yeah. I always get about trolls. I'm like, you don't have to. We're not. We're not telling you you have to watch this. Like, you ch- you clicked on it yourself. But yeah, I mean, I <laughs> guess autoplay could have brought it up. So who knows? But <laughs> either way, like. Yeah, I think that's really important that just having that focus and having that attitude. And you can definitely tell in your videos that you have that, like, you're not, you're, I mean, you obviously want views and you want your, you know, that that's, it helps your income out, but you're not doing things just because you know it's going to get views. You're not like, oh man, you know, like, if I do this video or I do this and kind of like, you know, clickbait, quote unquote, um, you know, mm-hmm. that'll bring all the views. It's like you have a, a genuine, like, I want to show people how to build guitars. And I like your point about the the Mose, right? Where it's like someone's like it's worthless, and that's when you your comic can just easily be like it's a kick guitar. Like you know, when you look at what you have in it, like I mean, I'm like I'm not knocking them, but it's like you're not starting. It's not like you took. You're like, well, I'm gonna take this triple uh, A top PRS here and bash it with a hammer for a few hours and make it look dirty. You know, it's like yeah. Know, and I love that. That's one thing about your channel is that you start with something that a lot of people, and maybe this is another analogy. You know, something that a lot of people would consider worthless because they're like, it's a kick guitar, it's a toy, you know, they're designed mm-hmm. for someone to try and make and they never make it. And you make it, you take it to a level that it's a totally a giggable instrument that, you know, is reliable, plays really well, you know, for an instrument that normally, you know, I mean, if you probably did the odds of like how many kick guitars get put together and probably never played that often or put together and, you know, because the electronics weren't right, the person just, you know, throws it away or, you know discard or you know parts it all out uh-huh. but that's a we could that, that's another rabbit hole we could go down but dan oh <laughs> yes. we've we've gone, we've gone pretty we've gone a little over prescribed which i love like i said i get to, we could talk probably all day but i know you got probably you got like nine guitar kick guitars to go through real quick um what's your next kick guitar if you can hint on what your next kick guitar is if not that's yeah. fine or your next video coming out whichever whichever yeah i actually i'm hoping that i can get this done by friday um so that i can upload it but uh what i'm working on i already gave a sneak preview in a previous video but it is a gibson es style bass so um it's a semi-hollow um yeah bass four string bass so um i'm pretty excited about it uh the the cool thing about this one is that um maybe i don't know probably six months ago um, my wife came to me and said, I want to learn to play bass. And I was like, gosh, I love you so much. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> my wife, who's amazing and supportive of my Guns and Guitars channel and goes shooting with me, mm-hmm. now wants to learn how to play bass. There's no more perfect woman in this world for me. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so she's like, will you teach me how to play bass? I was like, heck yeah, I will. And she's like, will you build me one? I was like, heck yeah, I will. So that, like, I kid you not, we picked up a computer I went on to the fretwire.com and I was like, pick a kit. <laughs> and so she picked, she picked the hollow body kit because it was pretty. And so I was like, Perfect. okay, that's very, very female of you, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, but that's, I've been so excited for it. And unfortunately that project's gotten on hold, gone on hold because I just had some, so many other opportunities lined mm-hmm. up um, for product reviews and for kit builds and stuff like that. But I'm finally getting to it. So it's in my shop right now. I put a coat of stain on it this morning because it's a set neck body. I have to stain and finish it before um, I can build the kit, which I'm kind of bummed about because I love to review them in its raw state Uh first. uh This one I am going to stain and finish before I glue the neck in, but I am going to build it up stock with the 
stock controls. I'm not going to um, level and crown the frets and all that stuff. So I will be reviewing it more or less as a raw kit. It'll just have a, it'll just have some color on it. Okay. So cool. that hopefully I can get that done by Friday. If not, I might throw up a hail Mary video that I filmed a while ago. That's just ready, ready to go if just... I, in, in that kind of scenario. So nice. Nice. That's awesome. Anyway. I mean, that's like the perfect situation. Like, Hey, I want to learn. Yes. Yes. You can learn. Oh, let's like, you want me to build you one? Yes. Let's, let's go shop right now. I was at, yep. uh, my wife and I were at a guitar store the other day and I was literally like, well, that would look at that. You like that color green, don't you? And she's like, but I already have one. I don't play. I'm like, but look at this one <laughs> trying to get her to buy a guitar that I want. But, um, <laughs> the, the yeah, well, truth. my, the other day, my son told me that he wants to learn how to shoot guns and he's five years old. I literally slammed on the brakes and almost took him to a gun shop right away to buy him his first gun. And then I was like, wait a second. He's five. Yeah. So I kind of had to calm the jets on that. A little. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But yeah, got yeah. a little bit excited about that. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Well, Dan, again, thanks for coming on and hanging out. Um, really great information. Like I said, we'll drop links to your YouTube channel. We'll be in the description. I'll, like I said, I'll put a couple of videos that I like, or kind of what, what got me started on it. So you can kind of see where, where he's come from, and then we'll also put your. I think you have a, you have a Facebook group too, correct? Or a Facebook uh, page? I do have a Facebook page. Yeah, we'll put that yeah, in there. Feel free to come find me on Facebook and be my friend on Facebook. Um, I I hardly ever post, but when I do, I love just hanging out with people. Yep. So, so we'll, it's we'll, a good place to hang we'll, out with me if you're interested. We'll put that in there, and we'll also link to your website. I'll I'll probably, I'm going to put the link to that uh, guitar that is that is real pretty, <laughs> the, the most right <laughs> uh, blue guitar. I'll put a, there'll be a link to that. So. There'll be all that in the description. Uh, so if you're interested, and if you are interested in maybe having a custom build done, it's going to be a while. There's like 15 people ahead of you, but you can't have it done. Um, like I said, if you haven't checked out his guitars, there are definitely there's a, there's a style to them that is unlike any other kick or you know other guitar builders out there. And the fact that, like I said, I love that you start with a kick guitar, and you basically have taught a whole bunch of people around how to that guitar building is not something just for people with full blown workshops. I think that's a great way to be able to get started because some people, they may put one kit to guitar together and realize like, oh, this really isn't my thing. I've done one now, but at least I got one versus other people might be like, I really like doing this. I'm going to do them all the time now. So I think that's awesome. So on that note, I think we're going to close things off uh, for Bibster and the Ginger and for Dan. Thanks for coming on listening. Bye.